have two separate passages. The first is Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. So if you have your Bibles with you and you'd like to follow along, please open up to Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, and I will be reading from the NIV. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And the second passage is Romans 12, chapters, uh, sorry, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. So again, if you'd like to follow along, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Thanks, Sarah, for reading those verses out. Um, good morning to all those watching online, and good morning to everyone that's been able to make it here this morning. Um, for those of you that don't know me, my name's Rowan Thomas. Um, I've been coming here for about 10 years uh, with my wife and Nina and two daughters, Lydia and Ashley. Um, thanks in advance to Nina. She put together the slide presentation for today, so... She's done a little good polished work. Uh, when I'm not here on a Sunday, I work as a builder um, and I'm also doing a little bit of study at MST or Melbourne School of Theology. Thanks heaps to the worship team. That was great to have some worship to start us off to be able to rejoice in God this morning, wasn't it? And it's a great way to start our day, whether it's on a Sunday or... It's your morning quiet time or whatever it is to rejoice in God. So we might open in prayer and then um, we'll get into the message. Dear God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be here in person or be here online um, for those that can't make it. Lord, for those that can't make it because they're isolating um, or for other health reasons or whatever things are restricting them from being able to get here, we thank you for the technology and the opportunity for them to join us online. Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear from you today, that it would be you that speaks through me um, and that, um, yeah, it would be your power that works and we pray that you would give us open hearts and minds to hear from you now, including myself. In your name we pray. Amen. Yeah, so um, as Jordan said, a little bit of a late change. Um, so I didn't realise that Pete had messaged me until early hours this morning when I got up to use my phone to um, <coughs> see where I was going and saw he'd sent a message and he said, can you preach? And I said, oh, can I let you know in the morning when my head's a little less foggy? And then I got another message not long after saying, oh, don't worry, I'm recording, it's all good. And then I wake up this morning to another message saying, oh, actually, can you still preach this morning? So I wrote furiously from 8.30 to 9.15, so I'm not sure what these guys complain about sermons prep taking all their time to do. Um, it was pretty easy. <coughs> So anyone that wants to have a go, 45 minutes is all you need for prep. <laughs> no, that's not quite true. I, I have spoken this message at Belgrave South a few weeks ago. So if for any reason someone from Belgrave South is watching our service this morning, apologies to put you through the same message. Um, and the same for anybody that might have watched Belgrave South's message a few weeks ago. But you should have been here. So what were you doing watching their message? But we are called to rejoice in the Lord, aren't we? Um, and that first verse that Sarah read out, Philippians 4.4, 4, 
Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And there's times where it's really easy to do this, isn't it? When things are going really well, maybe you can think of something that's happened today or this week or um, that's easy to rejoice in that. Maybe you got a promotion for work. Maybe you got a pay rise. Maybe you got both. Um, maybe one of your kids or a family member or a friend has come to know Jesus. You get a new car, a house, a motorbike, maybe one of those knitted Christmas jumpers with the snowflakes and the reindeers and the Christmas trees and stuff. Um, or maybe it's a holiday. Maybe now that we're out of lockdown, you've finally been able to get away over Christmas um, and get that holiday that's been rebooked seven or eight times and you finally got there and you've been able to catch up with family and friends. Maybe it's something within a family or a close friend, a celebration of a wedding that you can actually go to now, the arrival of a baby. Maybe it's a graduation from school or university. And it's, it's easy to rejoice in these times, isn't it, and say, gee, everything's good, things are going really well. And even if you're not a Christian, it's easy to rejoice in these times, isn't it? Um, when we're getting what we want and things are going our way, it's easy to rejoice. And it's easy to read a passage like Philippians 4.4 4, that says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice and follow this instruction. Rejoicing comes easily when times are good. When it's all beer and Skittles, or maybe for us Baptists, maybe lemon barley cordial, cucumber sandwiches and tennis. But what happens when things go a little pear-shaped? Maybe you're in a place where you hear me talk about these things to rejoice in and think, Ro, if only you knew my situation, you wouldn't be telling me there are things to rejoice in. Maybe you've been through some pretty tough times, or maybe you're still in the midst of those tough times. The reality of it is that for all of us, life has or will bring, um, or it'll bring again, times that are pretty hard to rejoice in. And that prayer that we watched um, brings it home, doesn't it, for those in Ukraine and Russia, the circumstances they're going through. So what happens when circumstances don't go so well? What is God's will then? What does God's will look like in bad circumstances? What was the thing, um, was that bad thing even something that God willed? Maybe for you it's been a job loss um, or a divorce. Maybe it's a strained relationship, whether it's a family member or a friend, physical or mental challenges. Maybe you know someone that's caught up in the conflict between Russia and the Ukraine. Maybe it's kids, parents, friends walking away from their faith. Or maybe it's the passing of a loved one during COVID lockdown and not being able to be by that person's side to comfort them or to be with them in their time of need. Or maybe you couldn't attend a funeral service during the past couple of years for a loved one and you've missed seeing grandchildren um, or being able to visit family. For me, the last three months it's been falling off a roof and so... I um, went to help a mate on his place 
And so I finished doing a day's work and I popped in to give him a hand. And I thought, oh yeah, just give him a couple of hours work. I'll go back, clean the solar panels for my place. We'll get stuff happening <coughs> on that. Um, and so we're working on that house and he asked me to pass him up a tool. And so I got up to pass him this tool. And as I passed it to him, I've slipped and fallen off the roof. And as I got up and looked at my wrist, now it looked like a bent dinner fork, I thought, this is not looking particularly good. So things had been starting, just starting to get back in to sort of a good place in terms of that stuff. So there'd been two years of material delays and delays getting a building permit and can't work at home because of restrictions on not being able to have trades. So all that stuff seemed to be starting to go well. And then falling off a roof threw a little bit of a spanner in the works on that. And so I thought, oh, well, maybe it's a couple of broken bones. Um, but then when I looked at my arm and I was speaking the details of the gruesomeness of that, I thought, this is looking a little worse. You guys need to get me an ambulance now. Um, and, but you think, well, oh, some broken bones, maybe it won't be too long. But then in the hospital, six weeks of maybe, they said, you're probably minimum six months off work. And that starts to make things look a little bit less worth rejoicing in. And it meant Nina had a whole lot more to do. She now had three kids instead of two kids to look after. So I was in a wheelchair and so she had to push me around in that. I couldn't even feed myself because I couldn't get either of my hands to my mouth. Um, so watching the extra pressure that she had was tough as well. And so you say, well, does God really want me to praise him for my job loss or rejoice in my job loss or my marriage breakdown or whatever the circumstance is that hasn't gone well for you? And you can ask, did God will these things to happen or did he, did he want this circumstance to happen that hasn't gone so well? And how do we rejoice in these times when things don't go to plan? What is God's will for us in these times and how do we implement Philippians 4.4 well? So we'll have a quick look at what God's will is and we won't cover all this but a little bit of a brief overview. There's two main parts to God's will and the first part is God's sovereign will. So God's sovereign will are the things that God ordains to happen regardless of what we choose to do or not to do. We have no control over the outcome of these things. God is going to have these things come into place no matter what we do. And usually the only time that we can recognise God's sovereign will is in hindsight when we look back at how a series of events have played out. A good example of sovereign will was Jesus' death on the cross for the forgiveness of sins because this was the only way God could provide salvation for humankind. In Acts 2.23 and it's explained well in our Daily Bread article called What Does the New Testament Say About God's Will? There's in Acts 2.23, Simon Peter says that this man, Jesus, was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan, which is a word for will, and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. It was only in hindsight and with the help of the Holy Spirit that Peter could say this. When it was happening... Peter certainly didn't 
see this, the cross as part of God's will for Jesus. And we can see this in Mark 8, 32 to 33. But over time, Peter came to acknowledge the wisdom of Christ crucified. And the other part of God's will is God's revealed will or his will of command. These are the things that God's made clear to us about how to love God and love others and live in a way pleasing and uplifting to God. This is optional for those that don't know Jesus or profess to be Christians, um, but it's still a great way to live. So even if you're not a Christian, there's some great things in the Bible um, of ways to live and treat others that are going to benefit your life. But for those of us that are Christians, these are non-negotiables. But whilst these are non-negotiables from God's end of the covenant, we don't always meet our end of the covenant bargain in this relationship, do we? There's times where we choose willfully not to follow God's revealed will, the things that we know he's asked us to do. We can see God's revealed will in some passages such as Thessalonians 4.3. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Or Matthew 7.21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Or 1 Peter 2.15. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. And Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When circumstances are good, it's easy to be happy, to rejoice and feel content. And it's easy to say that God deserves the praise, and we should, and we should rejoice in what he's blessed us with. And we should do these things, because they are gifts from God. But when things go pear-shaped, when you fall off a roof or whatever it is, that hasn't gone to plan or isn't a circumstance to rejoice in, how do you implement and read Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always, again, I will say rejoice. And I can get that you would say, well, I'm meant to rejoice about this. And I would say the answer is no, we're not called to rejoice in those things that haven't gone particularly well. God doesn't and can't rejoice in things that are not of him. So when bad things happen and they're not things of God, they're not things he rejoices in. So if he's unable to rejoice in them, then we're not able to rejoice in them either. Or we're not called to. The key here is that when we read this passage, it's not God's will or command that we rejoice in our circumstances, but that we rejoice in a being. And that being being God. That first part, rejoice in the Lord always, not in your falling off the roof, whatever else it is. So how do we implement this passage when times are tough? When the world's gone pear-shaped and there doesn't seem to be a silver lining, how can we hold on to Philippians 4.4 and live this out despite our circumstances? I would say that this is through a renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 1-2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect.
The renewing of your mind requires both the work of the Holy Spirit as well as our choice to allow God's Spirit to do his work. We're also required to delve into his word to find and know the promises of God's character, his will for our life and his view of us. By knowing these things, we will always have an eternal perspective to rejoice in the Lord that sits outside of our circumstances. John Stott says in the message of Romans commentary from the Bible Speaks Today series, um, and that Bible Speaks Today series is a great series if you want to dig a little bit deeper, but they're really easy to understand. Um, It says, we must go on refusing to conform to the world's ways and go on letting ourselves be transformed according to God's will. J.B. Phillips' paraphrase catches the alternative. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mould, but let God remould your minds from within. Some scriptural examples of this are Ephesians 2, 4-10. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Or Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Or John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. See, the above truths are all rooted in the sovereign will of God. It is a fact that we have God's written word and his Holy Spirit to work together to remind us of the promises that God will keep and ensure he works out that make it possible for us to be able to do Philippians 4.4. We can be transformed by the renewing of our mind, and be obedient to follow God's will of command because of his eternal truths. Truths that sit outside of our circumstances, things that are unmovable because God's put them into place. And whilst the world only has the things in and of the world and the circumstances in and of the world to rejoice, as Christians we have the eternal promises of God and the gift of eternal life, salvation and restored relationship that will remain true outside of any circumstance. I can't say that this has made every day of the last three months easy to deal with, the reality of my injuries and the loss of my ability to work, to finish our home for our family and the reality that I may not regain all of the function that I had in my right hand. There's been plenty of days that I've been frustrated, depressed or angry about the circumstances. But as I've continued to learn to lean into God during these times and look to him for why this has happened and how does this play out in the end, I haven't always got all the answers I want or hope for, but God has continued to reveal these eternal promises to me. And some of these passages have been things that have come up and a bit of a theme of this sort of stuff over the last little while. 
So I hope that this message can encourage you too, that it is not only God's will that we rejoice in him always, but that he also gives us the reasons and the ability to do so. So I encourage you to remain in his word, remain in prayer, continue to search his word for his truths, and let both his word and the Holy Spirit be the means for you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Whilst I don't think it was God's will for me to fall off a roof, and I don't think it's God's will for the consequences of sin to happen to you or the negative, hurtful or painful circumstances that come from that. It's his will that we learn, know and see that we can and are commanded to and that he has provided the ability for us to rejoice in the Lord always and that he can renew our minds to live according to this will. So hopefully, whatever your week looks like or you know, has been like or your circumstances at the moment, that you can find some joy in God and that he can reveal that to you in your current circumstances. So I'll pray and then the worship team will come and finish in song for us. Dear Lord, we thank you for your eternal promises and that you have truths for us that sit outside of our circumstances. Lord, when it's hard for us to remember those things or see those things, I ask that you would remind us through others that know you, through your word and through your spirit, and even through song, that you are the thing that we can rejoice in outside of our circumstances. And we thank you that you love us more than we could ever imagine. And we pray that we would hold on to those truths this week and that, Lord, you would use wherever we are to be able to share with those around us about your goodness and the good news that we have in you. Amen.